It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, yo, what's going on, Double H, man? How you doing, um, man? What's happening, man? What is happening, man? I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually really good. Like, you know, life's going good. How about you? Man, you know, it's been an interesting week, to, to say the least. It's been a pretty interesting week in the land of football, you know. Um, but, you know, no, look, man, there's a lot, as we said before we ended, there's a lot to talk about. A lot of stuff has happened. A lot of stuff has, has gone down. You know, I mean, look, there was we, we, there was a heavy, heavy quarterfinal transfers, things, transfer speculations. Um, look, I think as per for the past couple of weeks, we started with the Euros, so I think we should probably yes, stick yes, that because some big stuff has gone on. So the first match, Poland, Portugal. Your initial thoughts? Not surprised by the outcome of the game because I. Thought that Portugal's experience would tell over Poland's, and I think Poland, this team, they're just learning this new thing called, you know, knockout football. And I think even if Portugal won on penalties, I just felt that their experience of being in those situations gave them an edge. But speaking of penalties, very quickly, did you see the video of Chris, of Cristiano and Moutinho? Uh, where, where he told him like, go take a penalty because he missed. In, 20, in 2012, man, he missed. So Ronaldo was basically like, yo, get your head out of your, your rear end and be one of the five that takes the penalty. Also, they saved Ronaldo in 2012 as the fifth penalty taker, but he was like, nah, I'm going to at least get one. So they put him first. He made it. But, I mean, there was a bunch of stuff that happened in that game. Uh, Lewandowski, he actually showed up for once. He scored in the second minute. You know, I think second or, or third minute. I mean, like, look. Very, very, very good goal. Uh, great finish, but I mean, you'd expect nothing less from what the best center forward in the world, Luis Suarez, might argue with you, but 
I mean, no, 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 look, I mean, Lewandowski, I thought he had an okay Euros. I mean, it would have been bad if he, he left without getting at least one G. So he, 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 he got his G, but I wanted more from him. But again, look, man, it's a learning experience for this Polish guy. I thought that it was good of them to actually take, take the lead. But for me, Renato Sanchez, man, this kid is 18. I repeat, D. This kid is 18 years of age. He's still a damn teenager. His balls have just dropped. <laughs> this guy took to the stage and said, man, I'm going to get that equalizer for my team. And to take a penalty in such circumstances. His penalty was, it, it, it might have been the best one. Yeah, it was I mean, Actually, I mean, Charisma was pretty good. Top bit. Oh, yeah. Did you know that Charisma had like a cross tattoo next to his eyes? He's some sort of gangster. What's up with that? No, no. In, in LA, I read, I don't know if that's true. If you've got like, a teardrop. Each teardrop is for like the a body. someone that you or something. So if you've killed somebody, you have one teardrop or something. So I don't know whether charisma is a secret gangster behind closed doors, you know. <laughs> I was like, I noticed that right before he took his pen. I was like, that's interesting. But uh, you know what? Also, so something I noticed going back to Lewandowski's goal. Do you think that Poland did the same thing that they did against Switzerland, where they took the lead and then just sat back? Yeah. That's that experience factor that you were talking about. In that same match, Cristiano had like three amazing chances. I mean, the chance where Moutinho chipped it to him and all he had to do was make a connection and there's no way Fabianski saves it. So over the course of the game, I think Poland, they need to learn how to play for either 90 or 120 minutes, not just 15 minutes. They only played for 15, 20 minutes. Then they just said, we're just going to be ultra patient. Whereas at Portugal, based on their experience, they were able to pace themselves throughout 90 and 120, and they should have. They should have actually won that in either 90 or 120. Portugal, they were actually positive with their substitutions. They put on Matinho, Caresma, and, I mean, Danilo for Carvalho was just yellow card worries. But those changes actually showed a positive intent to try to win the game, which Portugal just sat back. Oh, not Portugal. Well, Poland, Poland, just, Poland. Just, yeah. just sat back. And they were like, you know what? If if it goes to penalties, cool. But I mean, you can't do that. How do you play for penalties? That's crazy. You can't do that, man. Especially against Portugal. Portugal have good technical players. This isn't Switzerland. That's very very risky, like you say. Yeah, man. Yeah, look, man. I think you know, man. Overall, I think that you know, Portugal. They've still not won a game in ninety minutes. So that is worrying. But they're in a semi-final. They haven't won a game, game in on. ninety minutes. It's a travesty. Okay. You know what it is? It's called the the spirits are with them. The spirits, the footballing spirits are saying that we will... Basically, they're being guided spiritually right now. Where it seems to be on the cusp of a final, having never won a game in 90 minutes, the spirits are with them. And that's a very dangerous thing to have. Very dangerous and powerful weapon to have that. Portugal, maybe this could be their year. Maybe. Because it reads like a very good, like an epic story. Third place, people didn't think that they'd go through. They went through just through third place, having gone through in dramatic circumstances, one 18 minutes after extra time, penalties. It reads like a, like a dramatic story, bro. So, I think, kind of segue, the dramatic story here is Wales, is it not? I mean, to beat <sighs> Belgium comfortably, that's your fairy tale. That's your Cinderella. It's weird, though. It's like, is it really shocking? You tried to do this with Iceland and England. Yes, this is shocking. Belgium me, ranks second in the world. Before we talk about this, what are the FIFA rankings? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who makes these up? Is it Sepp Blatter? 
the last time I cared about the FIFA rankings was back in the 90s. That was, that was the last time I... Oh, oh my gosh, who's in the FIFA... That's the last time I actually cared about the FIFA rankings. Who are these made by? Some guys in suits who don't know what football is about. Just guys in suits who are basically bored. How guys is Belgium the second-best team on planet Earth? I don't understand that, but, you know, that's just something I noticed. There was, like, Wales beat the second-best team. No, they didn't. Oh, Belgium okay. were horrible. Give me a break, man. It's look. It's 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 a part of like Belgium. I never ever mentioned Belgium as favorites, and this links into how you say, "Oh, um, don't do this again." And this is my explanation. On a certain points, yeah, it is shocking. Of course, it's my gosh, Wales. That's that's crazy. Based on who Belgium have, but Wales beat Belgium in the qualification. That's the first thing. Second thing, Belgium. I just felt that. They're almost as inexperienced in this area as Wales. Yes, they have these players who are amazing based on their clubs and very good technical players. But at the end of the day, as a team, they've done nothing yet to prove to me that, okay, let's not talk about these guys as possible favorites. No, you've got to end that right. They have not yet end that right as a nation for me to even put them in the same category as Germany, Spain, Italy, and so forth. They bottled it, though, didn't they? They were up 1-0 after what? 13, 15 minutes. Hmm. Nangola's goal was amazing. I mean, the, the way he struck that, it the ball didn't move. It like it was dead. amazing, amazing. And then it just it soared. I don't know. You were watching it, and it was in slow motion almost. But the ball was going like a thousand miles an hour. It was a great goal. And then they just I don't have the words. It's like they didn't have the killer instinct. It's almost like Wales were more inspired after the first goal. Like yo, we need to go for this. Then Belgium were like, hey, let's get into a semi. I think for me, I think what it is is that I don't think they bottled it. I think it's a combination of Vilmots and Eden Hazard. For Vilmots, you're not a good tactician. I mean, you know? for Vilmots, it's is you sacked or is you fired? <laughs> oh, no, yeah, yeah, no, 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 basically. That's, that's basically, basically, Bedman is his judge. Now, basically, Bedman is his judge. Bedman says, is you sacked or is you fired or is you just crap? So, basically, those are his three choices. Um, but I think you can... I don't like how everybody's putting all the blame on Wilmos. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Eden Hazard... Those players, man. Do something. Because, look, D, man, football is still football. Yes, you can talk about tactics and strategy. At the end of the day, that ball comes to you, and you decide what you want to do with the ball. You can't be like, oh, oh my God, the ball is with me. Wilmos, what do I do? What do I do now? No, 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 no. You can still interpret it based off your own individual self. The manager just gives you a framework, a blueprint. But within that blueprint, you can still interpret that game however the hell you like in a football match. So um, I think that Wales were up for it, tactically better. Ramsey had an amazing game, and that team just were just like... I actually wanted to talk about the Ashley Williams goal. If you put De Bruyne on the post... Surely you don't move from the post. Surely you don't try to be Courtois and the man on the post at the same time. He, like, shifted, I guess, to his right. And if he stays where he is, Williams probably doesn't score that goal in the 30th minute. But that's just something I observed. Do no, 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 you, no, you have any thoughts on that? No, no, no. Basically, that's what I basically, whenever, when I used to play football back in school, the people that are always on the post are defenders. Because defenders just naturally know that if once you're on the post, you stay there. A midfielder or an attacker doesn't have that discipline. So... When they're at the post, they want to dribble because they don't have that kind of training or discipline for, like, you know, marking and defensive psychology. Mm. So you always... So the keeper, Kutosh, have said, all right, 
Lukaku's um, thingy gets on get on a post. You you get on the post right now because he can depend on them. That once they're on the post, and of them being defenders, they will stay on the post because they know what how to be defensively. That you go on the post, you stay there. You don't put De Bruyne, Hazard, or Nangolan on a post because they won't have the defensive discipline to stay on the post. So Courtois, you know, should have really commanded that um, situation right there. Can we talk about the third goal before we get to Robson Kanu? Because I have some things to say about the Robson Kanu goal. Um, Vokes' header, that, that was a world-class finish, in my opinion. I mean, Courtois was left stranded. And actually, it showed the intent that Wales had. Because if I remember correctly, it was the wing back who crossed that in. Yep. In the 85th minute. I mean, it's 2-1. Wales would surely be thinking about consolidating the result. But no, they I were mean, going for the third goal to kill off look, uh, Belgium. Full on dragon, freaking dragon character, man. Like, I mean, two one to go on and get a third killer goal. Like, I think as of what talked, I think I'm not sure whether it's still them or France who are the top scorers in the Euros right right now. So, but look, amazing. Like, I mean, like to go for that third goal and not be conservative and keep it at two one shows you that these guys they have a lot of belief. And Chris Coleman, man, gotta you've gotta go to the manager Respect. and say. Respect age. Respect age. Um, all right. So the Robson kind of goal. If Messi does that, if Suarez does that, if I don't know, if if Ronaldo does that, it's gonna be on a highlight reel until thirty twenty seven, or it's gonna be on the highlight reel forever. It's gonna be a remembered goal. The Cruyff turn. He got rid of three defenders. He put it past probably top five goalkeeper in the world. This guy doesn't have a club. Look, it's. That goal is because if you think about that goal, like obviously you look at Paye's goal, you look at um, Shakiri's goal, they are strikes. The thing about that goal is that there is a story behind that goal. It's the control, it's the waiting for the defenders around him, it's the turn that takes out not two, it took out three defenders, and the finish, the turn, the focus, composure, and the finish, just the whole package. That's a very special goal. That goal is going to be, at least in Wales, it's going to be, what, top goal? You, you know when they make lists, your top goal in Welsh football history? No, 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 100%. That, that has to be number one, unequivocally. Number one and number two, like one, one A, one B. That, I mean, I, I mean, Wales free kick against um, Slovakia was pretty crazy, man. In a world, in a, I was going to call it a World Cup quarterfinal. Yeah. <laughs> in, in a Euro quarterfinal. To do to have the presence of mind that look, I'm gonna try this. Robson Kanu, like you know why he was able to do it? His name. He he evoked <laughs> the power of, of, of Kanu Wankwo. That's, that's the only reason why he was able to do it. Kanu Wankwo gave him the the Nigerian force. You sure it wasn't Sir Bobby Robson? Uh no. <laughs> but, uh... All right. So all right, just last thought on, on Belgium. Do you think there's anything to this whole Half the half the nation speaks Flemish or Dutch, and the other half speaks French. So there's no way that they can kind of come together and be one cohesive oh, no, unit. No, 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 no. That's you not... put anything in that? Nope, nope, zero. I think for me, talented team, but I think they need a tactician as their coach. Mm. If they bring in a tactician who can teach them strategy and tactics, change position of the players, interpret the game. These guys can easily win a Euro and can do something in the World Cup. They're a very, very talented team. Very talented. Just that 
you need to have a plan B or a plan C. For me, it's like, okay, why not play two strikers, Lukaku and Origi? See how that works. Play De Bruyne behind or play Hazard behind um, Lukaku and Origi. He, he you brought, can't keep playing the same exact way and no change, you know? He, so, brought, he brought four strikers. He brought Lukaku, Origi, Benteke, and uh, Batshuayi. Oh, yeah. But even Carrasco. I mean, he's not a striker, but he's cer- certainly a forward. Mm-hmm. You've got five very forward, not quite number nine, but totally number nine attacking options, and you only choose to play one. That's kind of a question for another day. But anyway, speaking of tactics and managers that might or might not have got things right, finally. Five-two? I mean, all right, all right. First off, Giroud. You're going to talk about Giroud? Oh, Lord. Okay. Credit? I mean, you have to give him credit, right? Uh, look, <laughs> um, look, uh, not, re- not really. He scored so, two goals, man. He scored twice. First of all, the first goal was a finish. I won't hear anything differently. The first no, goal was no, a no, finish. No, obviously, for me, I think that I'm not taking anything away from Giroud. You beat what's in front of you and you do your thing. Giroud did his thing. But at the end of the day, Iceland, I just felt their tactics was wrong. They, those are very, very avoidable goals. Like, even look at Giroud's two, two, two goals. How that ball got through from Matt, Matt Tweedy is horrible marking and defensive positioning. And the keeper, who's also a filmmaker as well, you should have dealt with that ball. That, 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 Giroud shouldn't get that ball from you that easily. So that's my, that's my thing. Is that, yeah, Giroud, you got the two goals, but those are via bad defensive mistakes from, from Iceland. You know, right. so... All right, uh, the, what was it? The second goal was the Pogba header. That was good. That was the Pogba I expected. And what do you, okay, so, 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 so what do you think about Griezmann? Is he now the star of this team? No, because there's a guy named Dimitri, plain and simple. Well, he's got four Gs, man. Griezmann, top scorer, four Gs. It's still Payet because of what Payet did in the group stage. So I'm literally playing devil's advocate here. I mean, I, Griezmann... He's definitely coming to the fold, as in what he's doing. I mean, that, that was a very good goal. That's that 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 shit. But I think mm. this game proved to me why Pia is still player of the tournament. This guy's having an amazing Euros, mm. an amazing Euros. And I think for Iceland, man, look, I still applaud them. They kept on going. They kept on going. But it's so it's so weird though. It doesn't make any sense. France were playing so badly, disorganized, nothing flowing, and. This was the match in which, for some reason, they played organized. But let me ask you this. Was the suspension of Conte a blessing in disguise? It, indeed. I mean, I, I even tweeted it. It gave Deschamps no choice but to play either Suzoko or Coman on the wing. And it almost unleashed Pogba to play from deep. And that's exactly what the team needed. You only needed one defensive midfielder the whole tournament. And I'm kind of worried that against Germany, he's probably going to resort back, which is maybe a mistake. I don't think he should touch this team at all. I think he should just leave it and let him go. Right. He, he found something. You scored five goals. No, let me tell you this right, right now. If Deschamps changes this team that just won 5-2, as he said, back to what he did before, which did really work, then you know this guy is a complete clown. What has happened, it is a blessing in disguise. It's like this works. You've not gotten the best out of Pogba. You're not getting the best out of Mat- Matuidi as well. The midfield is balanced. There's a chemistry. There is a full semblance on connection. Carry the same psychology into Germany. 
But if you change it, you change the setup, you change the chemistry, and that just spells trouble. So do you want to talk about Iceland quickly, about their kind of journey and story? Amazing, 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 amazing. 300,000 people. I was thinking about what 300,000 actually means. And and I, I saw a tweet somewhere about you know people explaining, kind of like whittling down what the 300,000 means. But if you think about it, that's 300,000 people, period. That that includes, you know, people under the age of 15, over the age of maybe, what, 35. It excludes every woman. Yep. It excludes, you know, I don't know, people in hospital, people who are overweight, people who don't have any inclination to play football. So it brings it. It brings the number down from 300,000 to maybe 1,000 able-bodied men. So basically, there's a breakdown on – maybe I think you might be referring to the same one. There's a breakdown on Twitter where – Literally, you, you see them actually categorize how many people they have to choose from. Once you whittle away the women, people under 18, people over 35, people who are like working as teachers in hospitals and so forth, like the, the disabled, all these kind of things. So then you're maybe picking, and people who are interested in sports to begin with, you have a very small pool of people to pick with. So to be able to create a team that we're able to hold their own and we're able to not lose to Portugal, come to the group, beat Austria, we're able to beat England convincingly. It's an amazing... And for me, they could have actually... Like, if they didn't make those mistakes... Because they made mistakes. It's not as if France were so much better than them. They made mistakes. If they didn't make those defensive mistakes that much, I think Iceland gave France... Look, they scored two goals and... At 0-0, Iceland were having chances. They were having chances. It's not like if, oh, they never came close. They were, had a lot of opportunities. So, amazing. Amazing, amazing achievement. Absolutely amazing, you know. Can we, can we talk about that clap thing that they do? That is weird to me. I don't like technical celebrations where everybody's kind of on the same page. I, I don't stand up when people do the Mexican wave. This clap thing, it looks like a cult. It looks like people are just, you know... One, two, three, four, five. Like, what? It looks... It's not something that I would do. Same thing with the Mexican wave. I would never do it personally. But looking at the Mexican wave, it just looks cool. Looking at the celebration, it's visually, it looks amazing. And when... But you know, Wales have actually copied it, you know? So, Wales, they actually... Basically, their fans have actually evoked, you know... It's called, what, the Viking clap? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, look, it's... I so I fully support it. I wouldn't do it myself because I'm not that kind of guy. I don't really do those kinds just, of. Yeah, I don't know. There's just something about it that looks like they should be doing it in hoods in like the the dawn of. But they are Vikings, though. They are so old. They are from the dawn of the dark also, age. All right, so so I, I I have one more point about Iceland. Uh, do you it think is. that do you think that Iceland look like Stoke from 2011? Uh, nope. <laughs> With like long throw-ins. Mm, no, slowing I think, the game I, down, very defensive. I no, mean, no, I think Iceland. No, for me, Iceland. They're not defensive. They play a very balanced four-four-two throwback ABC football. Like, basically, the football they play is very similar to how England used to play back then. Obviously, they don't have the kind of Alan Shearer, Robbie Fowlers, John Barnes, and people, but the way in which they approach and play is very much nineties England. So. Like, what's it called? Stoker, like, 4-5-1, long ball, direct, very thugged-out thing. 
But I think Iceland, there's a very structured, balanced way in which they play. So, no, 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 I definitely wouldn't say they're a, that they're a stoke. Maybe I just have, you know, Danny Higginbotham long throws stuck in my brain. And every time I see somebody do a long throw, I'm like, okay, this is stoke. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it seems like. All right, all right, last, last, last point about this game before we move on. Do you want to talk about colonialization or do you want to keep this? Whoa, damn. Go I in. Mean, go I mean, in. Did, did, you had to go racial. Did, 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 you couldn't have it. <laughs> did, I have, mean, okay, I let's, mean, okay, let's, okay, let's talk race. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Look, man, where would France be without their contingent of melanated people? They have four white players on their team. And I was looking at it, and I was like... It's, it's- but do you know what, 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 what it is? Let, let me see what it is. It depends on the country of France. You see, in England, like basically this is what I always say. If a black guy tells me he's English, I don't really believe, <laughs> I don't really believe him. You know, if a black guy tells me he's French, I do believe him. Yeah, you are French. You know? Interesting. So it's like, I think that when, if let's say I saw that, maybe it's because I'm, I've lived in England, I'm not really, I've only visited France a few times, but if I saw that, that same kind of racial setup in England, first of all, it would never happen, but if it did happen, I would find that very weird. But in France, I don't think it's that big of a deal because like the black people, the North African people, the uh, Middle Eastern people, I think they've they're very much ingratiated within the French culture. I mean, Paris is slightly racist, but if you go to Marseille, you go to Nantes, very much like different cultures, everybody is mixing. So I think France as a whole, as a country, you know, if you take Paris out of it as a country, there's no issue of people mixing racially and all that kind of stuff. So that team, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't think it's a case of like, oh my, oh, the blacks are just helping them. No, it's like, they're all French, like ever, like Evra, Sissoko, those are they are French people. They're not. Oh, these are black people who are French. No, they are just French people. You know, so that's where the world is going, man. You know, that's just where the world is. It's like obviously you'll never get there, but you look at France. There shouldn't really be an issue of like, oh my, because basically Mary Le Pen, he leads the political right wing party, and I think years ago, I can't remember which tournament it was, he actually said, no, this is wrong. France cannot have these amounts of blacks in the team. Isn't that a woman? Isn't Le Pen, isn't she a woman? No, no, no. No, no, it's a guy. A guy. He's the leader of the French rights wing. A guy, Le Le Pen. Like, like the most, like, um, like rights wing, very racial kind of guy. Basically, Basically, what, like the Nigel Farage of France? I think even I think slightly worse. Worse? Wow. Slightly, slightly, slightly worse than him, as in, as in very right wing. I think the Nigel Farage, he's like very much about. He's more nationalistic. Le Pen is nationalistic, but a, a more racial as well. Because again, he called out this reference to that he said, "No, there are too many blacks here." You know. So, how do you view? This? I mean, do you think? I, I, I actually I actually enjoy it. I mean, I was just looking at France and I was thinking, you know what? If if there wasn't, you know, colonialization, if there wasn't, you know, imperialism, what what would French football look like? And I was, but 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 then I went back and I was thinking, like, who are the best French players that we've seen? And Zidane, he's North African. Platini, oh, I, mean, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, Michel Platini. Platini even sounds like an Italian name. So I don't know what a French footballer looks like. You know what I mean? Because my whole mm-hmm. life there's been Desai, there's been Vieira, Macaulay. I mean, just these players that just roll off your tongue. I, Henri, I don't know what a French player looks like. And I actually kind of like the feeling that, you know, 
any generation of French footballers can look like anything. This generation just so happens to be black. No, no, but, but I think, like, the funny thing, I mean, it is a valid point to bring up because it's unlike any other European nation. Because I think mm. the closest I can think of is maybe Holland or possibly England. But, like, literally, there was a time, I can't remember, I can't remember what it was. Literally, I believe that there were maybe two white players in the French team. And when I saw it, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, I can only count two, maybe three white guys in this French team. So there is no European team that's ever had that much of a racial setup in favor of one particular race. So it's definitely, because, hey, I mean, no other country has that. And I don't think any other country would actually allow that. So the fact that France can allow that and they don't see it as an issue and the only p- people that view it as an issue are, like, the right-wing people and most of the country are like, yeah, look, it's, it's France. It tells you something. You know, it tells you something. <laughs> Yo, all right. So the the winner of France, <laughs> this is an awkward transition because they played Germany. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no, no. All right, look, man. Italy, Germany. Uh, best game wow. of the tournament? Or, yeah. or, or, or do you still put Italy, Belgium, Italy, Spain? No, I still say no. I still think that the best game has to be probably. I still say Italy, Spain. I think this yeah. was the most tactical. Basically, this game was a final. This was like this is felt like a World Cup final, you know, mm. because it just yeah, felt like I it mean, like it definitely had that feel where nobody wanted to really make nobody a, a, a mistake or or take a risk or anything nothing. like that. Before the match started, and and, and we saw the lineups, and we we saw that Germany was probably going to line up three five two. Also. The person who's doing the I don't know what it is. It's 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 like a computer simulation mm. of the formations before the game starts, you know, like the Euro television package. He oh, had yeah. it as a four four two. I'm like, what are you doing? Like this is clearly three five two. Do you not have that option in your computer technology that you can't make this three five two? But they had like Hector as a right wing, they had Howardis as center back. I was like, what is this? But anyway, <laughs> it was just it was just awkward. I was like, what like stop lying to me. I know football. But uh do, do you think Lowe was justified in playing the three five two? Because we kind of talked about it before. Like, yo, this could be a mistake. You know what? It's weird. It's like, for me, I still would have liked to have seen Dragster start and that same setup against Slovakia and see what would have happened. And I think we'd have actually had a better and much exciting game. By the end of the day, I think Joachim Lowe got it right because Germany would have won that game if Boateng didn't try to fly like an eagle. You know? <laughs> So it's like, I so really, you've got to say, yeah, I mean, he because Germany, they scored from open play, and they were looking to get that second goal. And, and Italy, I didn't know where that goal was, was going to come from, from, from Italy. So it, it, wasn't, it, was, it wasn't coming. The moment Ozil scored, you yeah, could either yeah. see it was going to be a 1-1 by a mistake, or Germany could win 2-0, 3-0, because Italy was going to come out. But mm. I, I, I thought low changing to the 3-5-2, it killed Italy's counterattacking. Because they matched up, but and they had possession, but there was never any imbalance. Like too many men forward, too many men at the back. It was always under control, and nobody wanted to take a risk. Even the center backs, who normally have time in that formation to kind of you know do a risky diagonal pass, they were very very conservative in mm-hmm. their way of looking. But they also killed themselves, Germany, because you could tell that there was a bit of tension, a bit of nerves and not being comfortable necessarily with players being in those kind of positions. So it almost killed their offensive game as well, which is why I could see how some people could say, oh, the tactical battle, it was boring, it was bad football. But for somebody like me who kind of likes looking at the way that the game's flowing and it's 
ebbing and the way and you know where players are positioned. It was a very very intriguing game. No, 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 no. I think it's like it's maybe showed that Yochim Love really respected Italy. Hmm. I think Love respected Italy's counterattacking ability. And he was like, we're not going to let them counter at all. No, 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 but, but I think also, I think he just respected what Conte has done in the tournament because everybody was saying that, no, Italy have been the best team overall from defense to attack. And many people felt Italy were favorites mm. in that game based on the fact that they've actually done so well throughout and Germany, slogged through the group stages. I picked Italy. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, for me, like, basically. Who did you finally end up picking? I said Germany. I just felt that surely they're not going to lose against Italy. The, the law of averages is what you... Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, because for me, on a footballing level, it was too close to call. Too close to call. So, and even when he watched the match, the match was extremely close. Mm. I guess, you know, we were talking like during the match almost or, or, or right after the match. And I was mm. like, you know what? I'm going to save the explanation for the Boateng handball. Do you know how defenders sometimes put their hands up almost as like I didn't touch him. Yes. So so yes, so, so, yes, so so yes. so so he's falling by himself, and you kind of put your hands up, almost like a little kid who's like got caught looking, yeah, at, yeah, yeah. Uh, trying to put his hand in the cookie jar. Yeah. But he he anticipated. I think it was Chiellini that yeah. he anticipated that Chiellini was going to fall down, almost flop, and he put his hands up like, "Yo, I didn't touch him." So if he oh, falls, yeah, 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 so yeah, it, yeah. so if he falls, he did it. But he did that preemptively. You're supposed to do that if you're guilty. He mm. wasn't. He wasn't necessarily guilty, so he put his hands up for no reason, and it looked like he was almost. I don't know what he was thinking, but the me. Did, have you seen the memes? <laughs> oh no, no, no! Amazing, amazing. If you go to Boateng's Twitter and you and you go to his likes, he's actually liked a lot of those um, tweets that have the the, 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 the memes. I mean, over, I, mean I mean, I've seen him playing basketball. I've seen him like in a spaceship. Wait, have you seen him with 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 a little like like him tutu? I was I've seen him in a ballerina. I see him doing all of this stuff. <laughs> and and, and, and I, I felt bad because I saw what he was doing. I was like, yo, I'm not trying to look guilty, so I put my hands up. But don't put your hands up in the box, Jerome. The job of a referee is very hard because everything's happening very quickly. You have no time to blink. Because really, if let's say you had time to really think about it, is that a handball? Is that handball preventing an Italy attack? Is he is he literally using his hand to say I'm using my hand to prevent it from from and that ball to enter and Italy play inside the box? No, I mean, it, it's like he's jumping up in a certain way. He's not even looking at it, and the ball hits his hand. So technically, yes, but interprets you know it's a bit complex, bro. Yeah. Okay. So actually, actually, let's let's start with Benucci's original penalty. Is Benucci the best penalty taker that Italy have? Or is he the only one with the bottle to step up in that moment? I've seen him take penalties for Juventus. He's a pretty good penalty taker. Because I, because it was 1-0, and I was like, look, you have to make this. This is the only way you're going to score. And I was like, all right. And then he did the little stutter step. It looked kind of like, you know how Balotelli kind of yeah. does him? Mm. I was like, ugh. And he's just sneaked it past Neuer. And I was like, all right. And then he, you know, he pointed to his face like, yo, I'm cool. I'm cold-blooded, whatever that celebration was. And then I was like, yo. As, as soon as it went 1-1, I was like, there's no way anybody's ever going to score a goal. This oh, is no, no, straight, no, no, no. straight oh, to penalties. And the penalty shootout, I, I don't know if it was good. I don't know if it was great, but it was certainly in, intriguing. No, no, Maybe. no. no for me, I don't like, 
it was dramatic. I don't I don't want to hear any of that crap though. Oh, that was such a bad porn. No, it was dramatic and extremely entertaining. Extremely entertaining. Um like it's read like an epic story because Jemmy had the advantage, then Issy had the advantage, then Jemmy could have could have won it, but then they they, they got stopped then Issy had so it's ebbed and flowed, so it was a very dramatic. No, it is the most dramatic penalty show that I, I think I've ever seen. Because of I mean, how I the mean, story uh, I, mean, I mean, but look at it. I mean, the first two penalties, well, it was Insigne and Kroos. They went in, and I was like, oh, this is just going to be, you know, four or five. Yeah, where, yeah, like, yeah. where, like, one person misses, he's the GOAT. Not not the greatest of all time GOAT, <laughs> but, like, the scapegoat. Yeah. And, uh, it's, and then... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Penalty number three. Have you seen... Wait, have you seen, <laughs> have you seen Zaza's hit map? Have I seen what? Have you seen Zaza's heat map? No, is it just a red spot near the penalty area? No, no, no. no. Basically, his heat map, basically, the red spot starts from, like, you know when you come on as a sub? Uh, so it goes yeah. straight. He didn't touch the ball. Then it goes over to the penalty spot. Then you see the red spot basically go over the bar. That was literally <laughs> his heat map for the entire game. He, he came yeah. on. He didn't touch the ball. And his very first touch of the ball... That's I think it's I think it's arrived on Krypton like a few minutes ago. So I think it's it's a safety landed in Krypton if you okay, okay, okay. Conte so. to his eternal credit, that was a fantastic idea. All right. Take off Chiellini, you put on what you think in your mind, what you've seen on tape, what you've potentially trained is a forward. Certainly this person is comfortable putting a ball down, kicking it. Having you know a, at least a decent run up, get the damn targets, bro. Damn. At least give Neuer a job, right? Hmm. And and so it was a brilliant tactic. You put him in a one hundred and twenty. I was thinking, oh, the crafty Italians here they go again. And this guy, I, I don't know if he was nervous. I don't know if he if if you should <laughs> have you seen the meme where he was doing the Running Man challenge. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If he thought, I don't know, if he thought you know what? This is my time. I'm gonna do the running man challenge. I don't know what he was thinking, but he they counted. It was 20 or 21 steps that he took, basically showing the indecision in his mind. Wait, 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 wait. Have you seen Pogba's penalty in the under 20 final? Where, where where he basically takes like not 20 steps, but he takes a few, and then he just dispatches it. I guess that's no, what he took. Almost the same. Um, that's why when Zaza did it, I was like, "Oh, this is exactly what's what's Pogba did." So it was nah, bro. Nah, no, Pogba. That was deliberate. Zaza was going through his mind with each step, left, right, left, right, left, right. I don't know where I'm going because what he felt, at least what I would feel, was Conte put me on for one job, one reason, one task only to make a penalty, and that pressure led to indecision. And you saw it in his run-up, and you saw it in the final result, <laughs> where, Look, I mean, where, <laughs> where he basically sent that thing to space. I mean, it's like it's so it's so strange, man. It's like it's the worst penalty ever. I guess. I've, why did I mean, I mean, people say, "Oh no, Pele's was worse." No, it wasn't. Like his was okay. Think Pele's was pretty bad. That bloody thing to freaking skyrocket and. It's the run-up. First of all, it's a combination of the run-up <laughs> and the finish that well, just really I mean, see, you're gonna get memed for life <laughs> for that. So I mean, I mean oh. all right. And then I mean, do we want to go through all of these penalties? Just some highlights. Um 
Mesut Ozil, uh, he hit the post. Pella, I don't know what he was doing. Actually, did, I, I think he sh- he he kind of gestured to Neuer. That he was gonna yeah, that he was going to do a panenka. <laughs> he sent it at least, what, 10 yards? To yeah, yeah, no, no, it's completely mismatched. <laughs> Drexler had a good pen. And, okay, Bonucci. This is why I wanted to bring up Bonucci in the first place. I was thinking. Go, is, the, go the same side, man. No, 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 no. I mean, obviously, it, it, that's kind of goal, goal psychology. And I guess you'll talk about that in a second because you mm. said you had a point about Darmian. Yeah. But. I was thinking to myself for the first one, is Bonucci Italy's best penalty taker? And I was like, no, their three best penalty takers weren't taken to the Euros. Balotelli, number one, Pirlo, number two, Giovinco, number three. If if one of those players was on the pitch in the first instance when it was 1-0 mm. and, and they put away their penalty, Neuer doesn't have any, I guess, insight into what Bonucci might do in the shootout, nor does Bonucci have the stress like, should I go left? Should I go right? Should I go down the middle? Because he already knows that I went right the first time. So that's why I think Conte should have at least taken one of those three players. And when you have De Rossi was suspended, I think, and I think they had another midfielder out, you at least probably would have had Pirlo or Javinko in there. And I was thinking to myself, I know this is, you know, 2020 is hindsight and all that kind of stuff, but I was looking at that. I was like, Benucci can't be your best penalty taker. Even though he might be, he shouldn't be your number one. And because, you know, Italy play risk-averse football, which normally leads to penalty shootouts. I think every major tournament I've ever seen them in, they've always been in penalties. So why not take your best penalty takers? At least one of them. And plus, you had the 120-minute the substitution. Would you rather put on Zaza or would you rather put on Giovinco, Pirlo, or Balotelli? So I'm I'm looking at it. I'm just like, that was a little oversight that I saw. But then I, I, I guess you can go into the psychology of Benuti's penalty. No, for me, I think that I, because I've, I watch a lot of Syria and a lot of Juve. Bonucci obviously is not as good as Pirlo and Bolasana is one of the best penalty takers in the world. But I still say Bonucci is a good penalty taker. Don't be fooled that, oh, he's a defender. No, he's a good penalty taker. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think with that penalty that he did, it's a psychological thing because go the same place. Because let a similar thing happen. Jamie Carragher, 2006 World Cup, England against Portugal. I think he went right, and then the referee then called it back because he didn't um, take it right. And when he and when he re- re- retook it, he went the opposite way. Because for keepers, if they see a bit of weakness in you and they see that you're under pressure, they will know that. If you're taking it again, you're going to go the opposite side because you don't believe that you have the balls to go at that same place you hit it at before. Mm-hmm. So Nuno said, you know what, this dude, he doesn't have that, you know, gravitas. He's going to go the opposite side. So that was that. that I mean, um, and, and, and that was that man. But um, mm-hmm. all right. So you told me in that you had a good point on Darmian, and you saw something that Nuno did. So what was the point? So basically, before he took it. As Damien was coming up to take his penalty, Neuer pointed to his, his, his right. And I'm sure Damien saw it. So when Neuer kind of pointed to his right, Damien then went the opposite way and Neuer saved it. If you're a confident penalty taker and the keeper says you're going to shoot it that side, if you're confident, you go for that side. Because he believes that you're going to go the opposite side. If you're not confident and you're nervous, 
and you're seeing the keeper say, you know, you're going to go to that side. If you're nervous, you will go to the opposite side, 100%. And that is just very basic human psychology. So once Noya pointed there, I knew that Damien is going to go at the other opposite side. And so Noya knew that, man, I'm going to put all my weight into, the, into that, that other side. And then that was it. Because Damien, defender, doesn't take many penalties. You could see he was nervous. It was deep <laughs> penalty shootout. He looked like he wanted to be anywhere else on earth. You could, and even on, he, that, on that he penalty. He as well was, was nervous, but he just crept it in. But you know, there were a lot of nervous, nervous people there, man. A lot of nervous people. Mm. All right, and, 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 and very quickly, funny stat: every player that's missed plays in the Premiership. Absolutely incredible. All right, and, and and my very last point on the penalty shootout was Buffon. I mean, I guess I mean I would clap, but I don't want to ruin the the sound that's going yeah. on here. But he guessed right, saved, or the Germans missed on eight of their nine penalties. I counted. Amazing. How did they lose the shootout with he those numbers? Injured. He was I mean, inches away from, from saving Hector's penalty. Inches away. Germany either missed, Buffon saved, or he guessed right on eight of nine, and they lost the penalty shootout. It's one of the craziest things, and you have to give credit to Buffon. Well, well, I'm trying to think of the, the action, the player that he saved the back here. Was it Gomez? Yeah, yeah. That, that save was brilliant. The way he tipped it over the bar... His command of his back three, not that they need too much commanding, but mm. but his penalty box presence. To think that at 40, he's planning to come back for the World Cup. I mean, we, we have to appreciate... What? Are you crazy? At 40? Yeah, he's coming back for the, for the Russia World Cup. Wow. <laughs> I mean, actually, I mean, if you think about it, he's going to have Donnarumma probably yeah. creeping up on him. He's going to have Perrin creeping up on him. Um, he's going to have, what is it, Sirigu creeping yes, up on him. I, I, but I, think, I, I still think two years from now. Sirigu is still the number seven, like Marquette is the number three. Not two years from now. Sure. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no, no. In two years from now, I think Donnarumma will, will definitely be yeah. in the circle because he'll be like 19 to 20, so he'll definitely be like number three. Yeah, so he'll be in there. But to, but to think that at 40, we're still going to get to watch Buffon at international tournament if they qualify. Let's not make any assumptions, but... yeah. Um, that's amazing. And Buffon is a legend. He's probably one of my favorite players. So I just wanted to point that out, that he, he had a master class, even if he didn't get enough touch on Hector's. I mean, it went right under him. No, 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 it, 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 it was brutal in slow motion replay. And when he went off the field in tears, you know, it was... Yeah, no, no, that was bad. I mean, I felt bad. Like, general, look, Buffon, I've been watching this guy ever since I've been watching football. Since this guy was in Parma, mm. I've known Buffon. So, like, I've known this guy for as long as I've been watching football. So... Yeah, man, it's like it's crazy. But at the end of the day, man, Buffon did well. But Noya, man, he sh- he was the critical dude because it was psyching out Damian and that save, and that was what's really just you know was the turning point. You know, so give Noya credit. That look, man. I I was actually kind of thinking that he was going to take Hector's penalty. Because I was like, the goalkeepers are going to have to take one here. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it it, it was getting them, man. It was getting. Yeah. So, semi-finals of Euro 2016, who you got? I believe, and a lot of people are, are, well, a lot of Welsh people think I'm rude in saying this. I say that I'm pretty much 99.99, almost 100% sure that Portugal will be in the final. And because I feel that, you know, Portugal will, I think it will be close-ish, 
But either through penalties or extra time, Portugal will edge them out. So Portugal will eventually ed- edge out Wales. And France, Germany, man, Germany don't have Mario Gomez. They don't have Kedira. Hummels is suspended. Schweinsteiger has a little bit of an injury knock. Those are heavy losses. France don't really have any. I'm thinking France could do it. I'm thinking France could do it. So I think we're looking at a, at a Portugal-France final. I think that Deschamps, if he sticks with the lineup that he played against Iceland, I think France could eke out a 2-1. Maybe mm. with extra time, maybe penalties. But 2-1 is what I'm thinking. Maybe 1-1. Um, I think France clicked against Iceland. I think that was the perfect team that they needed. It, it was almost, we saw basically the Iceland we expected to see at the very beginning, and we saw the French that we expected to see at the beginning. We saw, you know, a team just basically pounce on a weaker team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and I think that the confidence that that has, Iceland is totally different from Germany. They're two different animals. But I think that confidence, and and they're also going to be playing in Marseille. So that's going to be at least slight advantage from playing in Paris where they're expecting you to do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the crowd is a lot better. Yeah, yeah. So there should be a little bit better atmosphere for the French in that respect. So if Deschamps sticks with what works, the only thing that we've seen from France that actually works, except for maybe 30 minutes against 10 men when he played the Republic of Ireland. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> except, you know, those kind of 30 minutes, then I think France, like I've been saying from the beginning, they should be in the final at least. But, you know, Germany well, against a host nation in a semifinal, we've seen kind of, you know, 7-1 things happen before. I'm going to so, respect World Champs, man. Exactly, exactly. So I'm, to- I'm, I'm leaning toward France, if only because I'm trying to stay true to my pick from the beginning oh, yeah. that I thought France was going to win. I'm not convinced, but I'm never really convinced about anything. When, uh, what about, when, when, what about when, the Portuguese and the Welsh? I've, I've been Don't leaning. Tell me you, you think Wolves are going to be in a damn final, man? Come on. I mean, I've I've been leaning towards Portugal since I saw them in the quarters. So when when I saw Portugal, Poland, Belgium, Wales, I was thinking, oh, Portugal are probably going to come out of this. But I saw Wales against uh, Belgium. And this Welsh team, man, there's there's something about them. They're, they're one of the more annoying underdogs, though, I should point out. No Ramsey. No Ramsey. That's a good point. My, my it, was, guts, it was one of the best players in that match, mm, and they don't have him. So. My gut tells me Portugal. Deep, deep down somewhere, it tells me Portugal. We we put out a poll on the Talking Tactics oh, yeah. uh, Twitter page, and... Wales, more than any team, more than Germany, more than France, more than Portugal, people think, I mean, there's 109 votes, so it's not like we've polled a nation, <laughs> but they they have, if I'm doing the math correctly, they have 60% of the vote. 60. 60% who believe Wales will be in the final. Either versus France or Germany, yeah. Oh, oh, oh snap. Yeah. I mean, France, France and Germany, they're basically 50-50, as it should be. Mm. But but Portugal only have maybe you know they don't have that much of the vote. I think people are just voting like via hype because of what they did against Belgium and so forth. But connect the dots. Belgium are the hipsters team. 
they're the hipsters team. They're not proving themselves to be a great nation. Portugal, 2006 semi-finalists. 2010, okay, quarter-final. 2012 semi-finalists. These guys have been very consistent. Cristiano, Charisma, Pepe, these guys have been around. Cavalio have been around. Nani, they've been around and done this for a very long time. That means a lot, especially in this kind of semi-final football experience means a lot. When to make a foul, when um, how, to, how to hold a team, how to come back from a lead, how to hold on to a lead. These things are very important. Wales don't have that kind of experience. So I'm sorry, it is heavily, heavily in favor of Portugal, heavily in favor. So Wales, look, it's possible, it's possible, but... I can almost pretty much guarantee that Portugal are in that final based off you don't the think that and the and the and the team's experience. Do you not think that Wales having the advantage of not being the team with the ball and being able because Portugal are going to have more of the possession. Do you think that Wales are kind of at an advantage there that they can play on the counter? It no, it depends on one simple thing. If Pepe plays, Wales don't breach that defense. If Pepe, because something like me, Pepe may have maybe have a slight knock. If Pepe doesn't play and it's Bruno Alves and Cavalio, Bill can do something. But Pepe, he knows Bill. And if a defender knows a striker, it always favors the, the, the defender. So if it's Pepe v Bill, Pepe wins. So, you know, I don't think they breach that defense. Maybe they breach it once, but I don't think they breach it twice, or, or, or if at all. So, um, because Portugal, man, apart from that whole hungry thing, they've been pretty mean in their defense, and they've been very hard to break down because Pepe has, has done work. Pepe's been one of the best players that they have in Euros. So, I'm sorry, man. Look, Wales, they're not, not going to be that final, man. Sorry. I just don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening. So, so do we have the same final, Portugal v, v France? Yep. Am I going to disrespect the seven-one world champions like that? I mean, is that are we are we are we being slightly blasphemous? <laughs> that? You know. I mean, look, go. They, they don't have Gomez, do they? So that means false nine, and I think we've explicitly said that Germany and the false nine don't work. So maybe yeah. maybe they try Muller up top and push in Draxler. But, but the flip side, I the mean, flip side, but they need Gomez. It's no, no, they obvious the, since the beginning. The flip side. The flip side is that. France have not looked and have not looked good in defense. Even in their five-two, Iceland had chances. But they had Mangala and Atiti in <laughs> in defense. I mean, that didn't look too assuring, did it? Mm, nope, sir. No, sir. But, I mean, they 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 get Rami back because Sheldon's not going to be suspended. So I I think that's a good partnership, but. They could be found out for speed, but then Germany don't have any burners. They don't have well. I mean, they could play Sane, but that's not going to happen. So I mean, so I mean, seriously, is that guy going to play? Like I was, I was speaking to my German amigos, man. You brought Sane, one of the most exciting young German talents. This guy has not. He's a wild card. I mean, but then Germany haven't really needed somebody to do that as yet. They haven't been down one nil with ten minutes to go, and yo, look, we need a goal, so throws a wild card on. You see, they need him. This is where you need a Sane. Gomez is out. False nine is a very dangerous thing to, to play. Go for the jugular. 
if you've studied Francis Ngannou, these guys defensively they have issues. Sane, he's speedy, he's quick, and he can really get in behind those French defenders. And you put in an Ozil in that playmaker spot and keep getting Ozil to 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 feed Sane, feed him, feed him. Because if he gives Sane a through ball, he can use his speed to get behind that French defense and cause them problems. Who is a fast French defender? They don't have one. Sanya's he's what over thirty three. Yeah, I mean, Ever, Ever's thirty five, and Kasheldi and Rami are never gonna win a sprint. Yeah. So, they're, yeah, but, but but look, low low. I don't think he's gonna take a risk. No, no, he won't. He wants to. He wants. I mean, so, like, so 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 for me, that makes me lean towards France, who we've seen can dominate when they get their ish together. I mean, look, man. I mean, I'm. Maybe I will change it come Thursday, but as of right now, I'm still saying Portugal, France. So we've got the same final. That's not that's not fun for the listeners. It can't be. Yeah, no. Well, well, oh, well, they, they agree. Well, well, <laughs> screw you, man. That's that's, that's how, how it is, man. So. All right, man. So uh, we haven't talked about club football. I don't think, if any, on the previous two episodes. But you want to get into that? Yeah, man. I mean, look, man. I mean, I think the main thing I wanted. I mean, I think the biggest thing, in my view, is what United are doing. Dude. I think United have pretty much, out of all the clubs, been the most active and have made the biggest kind of signings statements-wise. So I think United have definitely made the biggest statements. Because obviously you can talk about Chelsea, Masui, and Masui, and Gunogan, but I believe you roll you roll out and you say, well, well, well we're going to pimp you with Mkhitaryan, and we're going to flex you with a bit of Ibra, that's a massive statement. And I'm telling you right now, Premiership is going to be lit. Premiership is going to be lit come this season. <laughs> Did you see that uh, Ibrahimovic, they say he broke records in, <laughs> in, in, in Manchester United strength tests? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. But look, the, the argument that uh, you know, Mourinho, he always spends money, he spends tens of millions of pounds everywhere, like everywhere he's been, although people, you know, conveniently forget that he won the Europa League and Champions League with Porto, but, you know, we'll, we'll not talk about that. Ebro for free. Mkhitaryan for what? Was it 25 million, something like that? That's not too much in, in today's market. Now, um, United are very rich. They are very rich. Exactly. I mean, they spent, what, 60 on Di Maria? I mean... And, 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 and have you heard the rumor on Pogba? Uh, your boy Pogba? Uh, what is it? Is it 80? I'm, I'm hearing 80 100. Well, see, the thing is... I'm Marino, hearing 100. I'm hearing 100. 100 mi- I, I, don't know about, I, I don't know about that for a central midfielder. 100 million. I mean, look... But, I mean... Sterling was for 50 mil. I, I, was, I was about to say, like, you know, we, we've seen <laughs> crazier we, numbers. We, 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 we've seen some wretchedness. Well, well actually, actually, is Pogba two times better than Sterling? I... Probably. Sterling is garbage. I'm sorry. No, I don't. I don't mean to be rude. I don't mean I to mean, hurt anyone's feelings. Sterling is garbage. I'm sorry. You but know. in my in my mind, I don't know if I'm trapped in 2007, where you could get a good player for like 25 million. Like, didn't I, I think Torres was bought for 20 from, <laughs> from 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 Liverpool? So maybe I'm still trapped in this kind of. 20 million buys you chewing gum and and some. <laughs> These, these, these days. I mean, even even Chelsea, they bought Hazard for thirty two. Now they just bought Batshuayi for thirty three. It's, it's I, 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 I have no idea what the market is doing, but a hundred million for one player 
in my mind, it just doesn't compute. No, no, for me, I think it's it's complete. It's the market has like it's already. I remember a time when there was a huge deal when Vieri was bought for thirty million from Lazio to Inter Milan, and that was a huge deal back in '98. I was like, my God, thirty million for a player—that is just madness. No, but even even Shevchenko, when when he went to Chelsea, he was bought for thirty million. People still look at that like in 2016 as no. oh my goodness that was the word one of the worst transfer signings of all time. It's because 30 million back then is today's equivalent of 50. Right? No, 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 no. I think valuations have those. I, I will repeat. Sterling was bought <laughs> for 50 mil. 50 for that guy who I say is useless. But but, but me. also I also. I mean, you have to put the kind of English tax on Sterling, don't you? So he's... Oh, look, man, tax him, whatever you like. The guy's useless, man. I don't know, give it down. No, no, but, no, because, I mean, De Bruyne was bought for this in the same neighborhood, six million more. And De Bruyne is, what, second best creative attacking midfielder in the yeah. world? At, at least we think. I mean, it's it's him, Payet, Ozil, maybe some other name I'm forgetting, but... I mean, he was only six million more than Sterling, so I think Sterling you have to kind of look at it with the tint like it's Liverpool to Man City, and he's English, so he's worth twenty million more just because. I mean, that wasn't Andy Carroll bought for thirty-five million. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my lord, Andy. I mean, actually, actually, if, actually, if if you look at Andy Carroll's transfer fees, I think they're over fifty million. No, it is no, no. It's madness. It's like thirty-five mil plus more, so it's stupid. <sighs> anyway, uh, just just sticking with United. Um, Juan Mata, uh, <laughs> he, he he could go to Everton, or he could go to Valencia. My question: It wasn't going to be should he go to Everton? Should he go to Valencia? It's the fact that he has to leave in the first place. My question to you is: Has Jose Mourinho ruined Juan Mata's career? I have two words to say about Juan Mata. D. Mateo. That was, those are my, my main two words. Under D. Mateo, that was Mata at his best. Ever since D. Mateo left, Mourinho came in, it has been a downward spiral for Juan Mata. That's, that, 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 that's exactly what I mean, because Mourinho picked Oscar over him, and then Mourinho gets sacked, and he follows... Juan Mata to United, and now Juan Mata has to leave. He was Chelsea's. I think. I think he won the uh, Player of the Year twice season, in a row. He's Mourinho has basically followed him around and ruined his career. <laughs> it's it's almost. I don't know. It's like a novel. It's like some sort of weird movie where he has like a. You I know, don't know. The, the weird thing though is that I don't. I think it's again. It's about how you view play, but I would have thought that Juan Mata would be perfect for the Mourinho system. Guitarin is your attacking midfielder. Ibra is your main striker. Juan Mata is your Wesley Snyder, Seca, Inter Milan 2010. I, so, I, th- I think Wesley Snyder has a bit more grit about him than Juan Mata does. Yeah, grit. Wes- Wesley Snyder kind of looks like, he, he looks nice, but he kind of looks like he chews rocks. And Juan Mata, he's about silk, man. Yeah, no, 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 no. To be honest, I think, no, Snyder, I wouldn't call, I didn't see much grit in Snyder, to be honest. And I think that, Snyder, for me, 2010, I believe, no, that guy was, first of all, he was robbed of a player of the year, really robbed. And his creative abilities were amazing. I don't think Mata is as good as that ball within the same kind of ballpark universe, you know. So 
I don't know why Mourinho can't say, okay, Mata, well, let also, me mold you well, into what I want you to be. Well, also, I, I think United might be going to 4-3-3. And I'm not sure that why Mata works in 4-3-3. Because I have a slight feeling that Mourinho is going to try to work in Wayne Rooney. Oh. And <laughs> he's going to be the captain. And I feel like he's going to play maybe Snyderlin at CDM. And he's going to put McTarian and Rooney as his central midfielders with Ibra up top and Rashford and Martial as his left and right wingers. Or maybe they buy someone like maybe Pogba, for instance. No, 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 no. He's definitely, no, Mourinho is definitely trying to get another central midfielder. See, but I I don't think Juan Mata fits as either a box-to-box midfielder. He's not that. I mean, Ben Howell tried it. Didn't work. So, he's just basically following him around, kicking it's, him from team to team. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, 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 look, man, it's unfortunate, man, that, like, Mourinho has just been his nemesis, you know? <laughs> he's just been his nemesis. It's like that, a comic. Then. It's like a comic, almost. I don't know. Yeah, no, 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 um, you know, it's his kryptonite. I mean, like, my <laughs> kryptonite is Mourinho. Um, uh, all right, so just last, last point on, on uh, United. Did you see Chris Smalling? Uh, Manchester United reported. Food poisoning? Chris Smalling had food poisoning, and then the pictures come back, and uh, his eyebrows cut, there's blood on his face. The heck? What? I, I, don't so to, I don't know what to say. Like, what kind of food poisoning does this? He, he's turning into a, a zombie, but they can't release us in public. <laughs> what kind of salmonella is this? Now, nah, look, man, he's turning into a zombie. I, I mean, either United need to get, need to get their, uh, their reporting straight, or, uh, you know, Smalling, he needs way more urgent medical attention. Way, um, <laughs> way more. Way right, more. You want to talk about City for, for a quick hit? They've signed Gundogan. They've signed Nelito. Um, yeah, man. I mean, for City, you know, I'm still waiting. I think they're yet to make uh, that real. A, a, a marquee signing. They, they don't have one yet, I don't think. Because I think, no, no. Gundogan is like a useful kind of good signing, but... Like United, Ibra is the is the marquee name, mm. you know, and I think they even want to go for another one. Hence why they're chasing Pogba. So I think Guardiola is really looking at all right, because you know Guardiola, he's got a lot of clouds, man, and people really like him. So I'm sure that he's looking at Barcelona and Bayern and say, okay, you know what, which 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 guys want to come with me on this ride, you know? So Thiago possible from Bayern, that's that, 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 that's possible. Personally, I think they need defenders, and I don't know how many marquee defenders are out there. I've I've seen things like fifty million for John Stones. I'm just thinking, Busquets. Do you think he he'd go to City? I don't see Busquets leaving Barcelona. Boss, let me say, Bob, him and Guardiola have a very close relationship. Mm-hmm. With him and Biscuits. Because remember, he was Sorry. the one that took Biscuits from the B team. I think Biscuits owes a lot of his career to Guardiola. So I think if Pep picked up the, the phone and said, yo, bruh, get your ass over here, man, I think he'd strongly consider him and probably move. Mm. Yeah, so. Uh, we have Batshuayi to Chelsea. That's interesting. Uh, Koulibaly could be going to Chelsea. Would you rate Koulibaly highly? Very. I, for me, he's, he's in my top 11. So central, I, I put him as one of the best, the best, one of the best central defenders in the world right now. Um, yeah, that's how highly I, I rate him. Very, very good central defender. All right, and, and, and before we get to to Arsenal, 
Musa Musa signed to or oh, Ahmed Musa. We should use his. Naija, Naija boy, I see, I see, I God. He's he's he signed to Leicester. All I remember about Ahmed Musa is the two goals he scored against Argentina in the 2014 World Cup. That's pretty much it. You're Nigerian, obviously. What are your thoughts? I mean, you are way more clued in. So, is this a good signing for the? I guess they're the champions. It depends which Musa turns up. Because yes, I know Musa very well from watching the Nigerian national team. He's talented, but sometimes the guy can just be extremely stupid. So <laughs> you can either be a guy who can do what he did against Argentina during that World Cup, i.e. dribble, score his own goals, be exciting, amazing wing play, or this guy can make horrible decisions, crossing completely wretched, not really trying to assist the, the, the player, and just being completely and totally useless. So he it can be very black or white. So hopefully, Ranieri can get consistency out of him and doesn't go to that kind of... Because um, he's had some very, very bad performances for Nigeria. Some good ones, but some very bad ones as well. So he's very, he can be very hot and cold. But still, overall, good, good signing. Very, very good, good signing. I mean, Ranieri, yeah. it's, it's almost a travesty that he's been stuck in Russia, it's it's it seems kind of like uh, below his his level of talent to yeah, be. Something happened to, to my guy Agahoa, man. He was in Shakhtar Donetsk for like how long? And he basically missed most of his twenties. Was in Ukraine by the time he. Came I mean, to- I mean, but look, but look, but look. I mean, it, it could be worse because at, at least Moose has decided. That uh, let's go to England instead of maybe I don't maybe there was a Chinese offer like Hulk, so at least he wants to test himself in England rather than you know just well, look take, look, look, but rather rather means... than swimming in cash in China. D look no D, would you reject that cash? Answer truthfully. <laughs> Answer truthfully. Would you reject that cash? I don't want to reject live in China. China. I don't, don't want to live in China under any circumstance. So, so if they so... offered you something with with, with six. Possibly seven zeros after you would say, nah, I don't want to live in China. Seven zeros. Seven zeros? Seven zeros. That's, that's exactly what I said. Seven zeros. I guess I'm taking Mandarin classes. Bro. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, no, but look, back to the whole thing. You know, good signing from Leicester. Good signing. And look. Also, they oh, well, no, see, see, their see. title, man. So let's just be real. They're not, they're not, they're not defending their title. It's not happening. Top but, four. My my question was, where is Moose's best position as somebody who watches him game in, game out? Wing. The wing. So is he taking Albrighton's spot? Or is there an offer for Riyad Mahrez that we don't know about yet? And Moose is just going to come in and take Mahrez's spot? Oh, no, 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 no. It's just a question. But there's no way uh, Leicester, I was going to call them Liverpool, they haven't won a league since 1989. It's true. Uh, or, or maybe 1990. One of those two. Anyway, um, Leicester can't sell Morris, can they? For me, no, no. I mean, I my thing is that I'm, I'm just of the assumption that they're going to lose Morris based on people wanting to get him. But if what's to, let's say, hypothetically say that Morris stays, you're looking at a Mares, Musa, Badi kind of triumvirate attack. 
Also, they're going to be in Champions League. Oh yeah! Oh, Lord. I so, so, so they're going to be playing two games a week. I didn't think about this until just now, but they're going to be in Champions League. So it's very easy that you 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 need squad players to chop and change. So, yeah, man. I mean, look, look. Are we going to get to bloody Arsenal? Definitely. Okay, I can't wait. Say your piece, man. Venga, venga, venga. You know what? I'm going to come at a very, very different angle from this because the obvious angle is you're linked to Hikaim. You are linked to Morata. You are linked to Benzema at a point. People are waiting. When are we going to get that main striker? And you get a guy from um, something, Hiroshima, the J-League. And this guy is called something, Asano. Takuma. Um, Takuma. Get his name right. Put some oh, respect. Sorry, Takuma put, some, put, put some respect on... Respect. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Put some respect on it. Look, Daigobu, <laughs> Subalashi. I do speak some Japanese. Hi, Okasa. Um... Yes, it is. It seems like if it is trolling, but my thing is this: there may be this could be a blessing in disguise because I looked at some footage of this dude. Stop um, it! Stop it! Go no, ahead. no, 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 no! Um, look, I might as well, I might as well play devil's advocate because if you look at it, at the obvious points, obviously Venga is trolling everybody. It's ridiculous. But let's try and understand this and look at it from a different angle. And my thing is that he is very different from Giroud. Very different. This guy, you can give him a through ball. He's not going to play for Arsenal. There, there's, there's no way. Do, do you know what this is? This is a corporate signing. This is Arsenal trying to complete a deal in Japan somewhere. I don't know. Maybe they're going to have a new kit sponsor, a new shirt sponsor. And they're like, look, we want you to sign one of our stars. So, so they signed some 21-year-old kid. Or maybe he's 22. That has, you know, that, 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 that has a little bit of potential. And Arsenal, are like, you know what? We'll sign him. We'll put him in the academy. We'll put him on loan. We'll see what he can do. This is basically the Japanese version of Yaya Sonogo. Oh it's, Lord in heaven! It's basically God. what this is. I guarantee. If if he scores, I don't want to say one goal. If he scores over five goals in his Arsenal career, I I'll eat crow. But I don't believe that this signing is a legitimate signing for football purposes. Look, I, man, I, I feel I, I feel like this is coming from some sort of Arsenal Illuminati people that are like above everybody. They're all seeing, all knowing. They know what's going on. They, they're corporate. There's money to be made. There's no, look, people in costumes. This isn't real. It could, no, no, no. Look, this all signs is this. Is I'm not really getting hyped by no YouTube trolling. This that's all signs lead to that. Bots, bots, bots. Who knows? Who knows? The, Who bloody knows? The only slight legitimacy I'll give this is where did Arsene Wenger manage before he arrived at Arsenal? There we go. He he was in Japan. So maybe this is some... What what if this is his son? Who knows? What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> now, that would be theory. very scary. What if this is Wenger's son? Who knows? This is his, his, his adopted son. Possibly, maybe. That would be very scary. But look, carry look, on, carry on. How, how long has Arsene Wenger managed Arsenal? This is his 20th season. Yep. This kid's 21. You subtract the nine months. I'm telling you, we just solved it. Talking tactics. <laughs> it's that's, the that's, only, that, that's the only answer. Look, man, put down the weed. Put down the weed. <laughs> Stop sniffing the glue because I think it's starting to really um, skewer your judgment right now because that's what you call... A mind-boggling, Illuminati-infested theory. 
Have you seen? Have you have you seen those hits the blunt? <laughs> those hits the the blunt memes? That's, that's basically what we just did. Uh, so who knows? You know, I'm gonna keep an eye out. This is gonna be a talking tactics investigation. No, 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 look, you're, look, 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 you've been very neg- negative towards this thing, and I think that you're you are showing a lack, a lack, a lack of disrespect to Takuma Asano. I feel that give him, give him, give him a chance, damn it, give him a damn chance. Don't just write him. Off. Asano even kind of sounds like Ars- Arsenal, or Arsen. I don't know. Mm, anyway. Don't think it, it, it does, but carry on. Don't don't think it does. <laughs> All right, so you tweeted earlier. Do we have any questions? Uh, yeah, I man. Let's get to our first question, man. Um, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but do you have the questions pulled up? Yep, yep. I've got the questions right here. Well, hit me with the first one. So, first question we have from Oompa Loompa Doompa Dee Doo. I've got a question just for you. Well, that's and his. Don't sleep on Double H's bars. Yeah, look, my bars, my at Doctor Wakiki. What do you think of the bigger transfers so far, like Zlatan? Mkhitaryan and Krychoviak, and let me add to that Ben Arfa as well. I think we already kind of hit on um, Ibrahimovic and Mkhitaryan, um, but I, I, those are decent, cost-efficient, maybe club-changing signings for Manchester United. They're definitely Mourinho players, so mm. so that's no, 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 very good, like, no, very shrewd club, especially the Ibra one one year. That's a nice signing, Mkhitaryan. But, but, but Mourinho always does this. In 2013-14, he signed Eto. In 2014-15, he signed Drogba. He always goes back and gets veterans that know his system. Yep, and that, that that he knows that can almost preach the gospel. And it's a buffer between Mourinho and you know the the players that don't know him very well. It, it's very shrewd for Mourinho, as you said. But but I think also as well, it's also like getting guys that he really trusts. When Ibra are like really close friends, so yeah. you know that that's a huge thing. So let's. What about Krychoviak and Benafa? I mean, how many points did PSG win the league by? 60, they, 70? They're gonna win it by fifty. Now that I mean, no, 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 no but this is Champions but, but, League. But yeah, yeah. Let's, I was just about to say. I was just about to say this is totally trying to get a foothold in European football. Have they been to a semi-final yet? Nope. I mean, Maybe in the nineties. I think they were they were in the nineties, but not in the Champions League era. I don't, I don't believe so. No. So, no, 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 man. Krychowiak is a very good signing because I think he was Poland's best player at these Euros, and he's been amazing for Sevilla. And also Emery, Sevilla coach. I think he also was. So he he brought Krychowiak from Sevilla as well. So I think very well. Actually, good. um, I'm trying to think of where Krychowiak played. He played in Bordeaux. So oh. he knows he knows French football as well. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, so but I think he's been um, he's been in Sevilla so long. I believe that what Emery is getting, he's getting that kind of Spanish football, you know, infused kind of psychology that he wants to have in his midfield. It's it's it's, it's almost kind of the same thing that uh, that Mourinho. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bordeaux, right? Nantes. And Rem, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carry on. Yeah, I was saying that it's almost the same thing that Mourinho did with Ibrahimovic. He's bringing one of his his guys in into the team to almost preach like, "Hey, this Emery guy, he knows what he's talking about." So on a footballing level as well, it's like I think he's going to really make that midfield a lot stronger. He's going to add I mean, more yeah, beef with Matt Matuidi as well, but also a bit of um, um, ingenuity and technical attacking ability. So that midfield with Matuidi and Kukovia. That's gonna and be a Pastore, problem. Man, don't forget Pastore. Mm. And so, Lucas, 
I mean, you have Lucas, Di Maria, and Ben Arfa now. I mean, <laughs> they're going to be something to watch. Honestly, okay, so, so should we go to the next question? Hit me with it. So yeah, man, and we've got this from Andrew Rahimo at Rahimsky. Shout out, um, Andrew. Shout out, Andrew. Yeah, Andrew. So yeah, he says, knowing that Wales's midfield will be severely crippled due to Ramsey's ineligibility to play, how would you set up as Portugal? Start with Renato Sanchez, 100%. Start with Renato. That is very key. I mean, I, I think it affects Wales more than it does Portugal's setup. But if, if I was Portugal, you definitely have to take advantage of that in the midfield by starting Sanchez from the beginning. And you play him for 90 minutes in maybe a number 10-ish kind of role, and you just take advantage of the space that's going to be there. But that, that question, it reminds me. that Can we talk about the stupidity of this yellow card rule? Well, why it's, it's why, why does Ramsey have to miss a game because he got two yellow cards in, what, five matches? Crazy. No, 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 no. no. Basically, I think people, I think, are just bored. Because if you have any sense, there's a system as well as works. The goal, the group stages is one stage. Knockout stage is one stage. So once you get to the knockout stage, it gets wiped out. Easy. And you then start from zero. It's very simple. You can't have it that it's one continuous thing from the group stage all the way to the quarterfinals. That's, that's, that's too many games. Or 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 make make it three yellow cards if you're gonna have it go five games. Ramsey missing that game for I mean it was a handball. But to, but 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 to miss the biggest game in your international career, or what would have been the biggest game in your international career, because a referee might not even understand that the player on booking is now going to miss the next game. I mean, it just it seems so punitive so, and, so, and and ridiculous. No, no, it's, no, no but, but, but so so back to the question. So how do Portugal set up then against them? Because coming from me, I I just feel like if. They shouldn't change too much. Because I just think that the way that they are set up is fine. But I think basically the same lineup against Poland, I think, do it. But I think it's not really about how they set up, but I think it's how they approach the, the, the game. I think that they should play, they should push men up even more because of the lack of Ramsey and that kind of creative player to pick up any counters. I think they can be a lot braver in really taking the game to Wales, who really will have to sit a lot deeper and will have much less possession on the ball. Portugal haven't won a game in 90 minutes. <laughs> but, I mean, just play the way you play. Uh, don't let one player missing dictate how you play. I, I, I don't think that's smart. I don't think you change your system to always rival what your opponent has or doesn't have. You play your best way, especially when you're this deep into a tournament. If you're going to lose, Lose your way. Yeah, no, no, that's the best way. Lose your way. Worst thing is losing. Lose, lose your way. Yeah, I mean, no. I mean, could you imagine? Like they switched instead of going four four two, they switched to like three at the back. They try to match up and all this stuff. No, lose the way that you came, or win the way that you came. It'll be more fulfilling either way. All right. So final question again from our main man here, Andrew Rahimo. Please both pick your current Euros best player in the following positions: goalkeeper, <laughs> centre back. Midfielder, winger, striker. Ooh, this goalkeeper. Buffon. Oh, yeah, oh, that's I was gonna say Buffon. Aspirants with Buffon. Best best center back. Are we agreed it's Pepe? Yep, hundred percent. Pepe. Best midfielder. Are we agreed it's Payet? Or do we put Payet as the best winger? You see, like Payet is weird because I think he's much more. 
Because because when, when I when I see main midfielder, I'm thinking a pure central midfielder. So I'm thinking about even if he was for a short time, I'm looking at Modric, De Rossi putting some good work for Italy, man. You know, Tony Cross, even Ozil, a guy who I'm very undivided about, he's been putting in some work for Germany on a pure midfielder thingy. So I think for Paye, I would say can we split that from um, can we split it between midfielder and attacking midfielder, you know? I think if, if we're gonna go central midfielder, I think Kante or Krachoviak. You know what? You hit, I think um, Krachoviak, definitely. I'd say was, was the best. Or even well, I, I don't know if I can give Sanchez that nod just yet. No, 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 because no, no, he no. hasn't he hasn't played. He didn't really yeah, feature that much in the group. For a central midfielder, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, um, so you want to do out and out winger? You can Griezmann. go out. See, because I I kind of see him as a secondary striker, not necessarily as a winger. Um, Jacarini, hundred percent, Jacarini. That's the good call. Jacarini, hundred percent. I I can't give it to Cristiano. Um, I say striker or winger. Winger, because because Jacarini has to be Jacarini. Has to be. I mean, whoa, 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 whoa! Do do we put Bale as a winger? No, not really. I put him like same thing with Griezmann. I put him as like a. I put him as like a free role. I don't even think he has a definitive role. He has a free role. He's on the wing. He's a striker. He's a supporting striker. So he doesn't really have a defined role. So I guess it's I guess it's Jacarini. Now for striker, it's Bale. It's Griezmann. It's the only pure striker that I can think of is Mario Gomez. Everybody else is either a false nine or. The ghost in and that's the only guy who is 100% 24/7 a striker is pretty much has been Mario Gomez because I ain't seen man man Zukic. that that does not happen. So <laughs> actually, uh, if, if if I can, can I make an amendment? All right. Uh, can I put Graciano Pella and Edair together that strike partnership? Can yes, I? Yes, you them, can. You can. Yeah. Can I yes. put them as my best striker? Yeah. That, that that partnership, the big, small, I mean, that is cheating, tiny. But, you know. Yeah, it's cheating, but I can't pick between them because they were both, you know, pretty good. Although, if I had to pick one, I think I'm going Adair because of Pella's penalty. But yeah, actually, you know what? That is a you know, Adair did play pretty damn well as a, as a, as a strike. I mean, was he really? Was yeah, but striker, was a striker, man. But yeah, you could possibly say so. I mean, look, no, look, he was better. I mean, Gomez was just there, just, just a right man. So, yeah. you know, he didn't really do anything of any high technical quality. So, <laughs> quality. Quality, uh, my noise in my ear. Cheers. Any uh, more questions we got that are worth touching? Yeah, like, I think, I think that, that's enough for the questions here, you know. So, yeah, I think those, those are the queries, man. So, yeah. Euros final night. Well, by the time we do our next app, man, we will know who are the Euro 2016. Winners, man. So, who are you going for? Hit me. Are you still keeping your pick? Of course, man. France. Portugal. <laughs> I know. Okay, I think France are going to beat Portugal in the final 2-1. Nope. First of all, it's going to go to either extra time or penalty. It's not going to be done in 90 minutes. And I'm telling you right now, Cristiano, somehow, some way, whether he's involved or you're not involved. I'm not going to let you get away with this, but finish. Somehow, some way, I believe Portugal will do it. 
No, That's you don't. Final. You, you. There's no way you believe this. I, I know, I know what you're doing. No, I know no, exactly no. what you're doing. No, there's, no, no. No, there's no way in your life that you want Cristiano to win the Euros because that no, would mean. No, that would, no, no, no. Let, let, let me finish. I want Wales to win. No, subjectively, I want Wales to win. You, there's no way you believe this though, because this is out and out reverse psychology. You feel like if you put this out in the world, that there's no way it will happen. Okay, and I'm here to admit to you. I'm here to be fully true with you, transparently, that this is an objective view. That Portugal 2012 semi, 2006 semi, 2004 finalists, these this group of people, Nani, Pepe. Cavalio, Cristiano, they've been chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. I think I this don't believe you, man. It's finally when <laughs> you're gonna make it. I'll I'm telling you truth. Basically, come next week, you'll say, man, it how sounds great. It Hold sounds on. great, but I'm sure you're saying this with a smile on your face. There's there's no way you can come believe it. Next this. week you will say half hope you were right. You say half hope, damn it, you, you were right, bro. No, I, no see, what, you, what you're doing is you're hedging your bets. I am telling you a fact. I've seen the damn <sighs> future, man. Portugal are going to win these Euros. I'm sorry. There's nothing you can do to change it. That's, we're just dealing Portugal with are not winning these Euros, man. And, and well, They might, but I don't think you think that they're going to win. I, I feel like it's not posturing. 100%. 100%. Now, let me flip the script. Let me flip the script. If Germany are in that final, then it get, then it's a bit trickier. Because Germany in a final with Portugal, it's a bit trickier. Germany in a final with France, another pressure on France, and Portugal playing as the sort of the the villain role in that final suits them very, very well. And uh, I just see that happening. I actually hope just in spite that Portugal win. Just just to see what happens. Oh, no, no. If Portugal win, I'm s i am mean my I mean well actually I'm, I'm actually good, do, so. do, you, do you know what will happen if next Tuesday we come out and Portugal have I don't there might not be an internet left for Twitter, us to post this. No, no 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 Twitter will shut you know I'm saying right now Twitter will shut down because you Twitter will will receive the most Amounts of tweets per minute the that traffic. they've ever received in their history. Oh my goodness! And it will no, no. I'm not even lying. Twitter will literally shut down. They will not be able to cope with the amounts of activity that will be happening. So do, those do guys who run Twitter better get your settings on points, man, just in case. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens. Either way, I think it's been a very, very good tournament. So oh, the last, the last three matches live up. To, uh, to our expectations. So, anyway, this is the Talking Texas podcast. I'm yes. Daniel to look. And I'm Harper Potts. Remember to follow us on Twitter um, at, at, at Talking Tactics. Talking Tactics. Follow us on SoundCloud at Talking Tactics. And also remember to um, reach us on iTunes um, via the Talking Tactics for our podcast on iTunes. So you can listen to all three episodes, including this one. Yeah, man. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious, always football. Yes, check this podcast, man. And we'll see you guys next week. All right, peace. Nice one. Sports Social Podcast Network.